And I think it's comforting that we do think about these things and we know what we would lean on to have that be an absolute last resort. I think of one of the only other things that you haven't said, which is the power of employee ownership itself to help companies weather these kinds of things. Welcome to Empowered Owners, the podcast that takes you inside Empowered Ventures. I'm your host, Chris Fredericks. In each episode, I'll have a discussion with one of our employees to discover and highlight their distinct personalities, perspectives, and skills, while also keeping you in the loop with exclusive news, updates on company performance, and a glimpse into the future plans of Empowered Ventures. This is an opportunity for me to learn more about our amazing employee owners, and an opportunity for you to hear regularly from me and others from within Empowered Ventures. On this episode of Empowered Owners, Chief of Staff Emily Bope and I talk about how we will approach things if one of our companies is ever underperforming. While that isn't an issue today, chances are some of our companies will go through challenging times at some point. We're happy to share how we think about various scenarios, especially how our long-term perspective helps us navigate short-term challenges in a way that not all companies are able to do. With that, let's get to my conversation with Emily. Hi, Emily. Hey, Chris. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's awesome to be back on another episode. Yeah, agreed. So sometimes you you frequently spring in interesting questions on me, both in the podcast and out. You're really good at asking questions. But this time I thought I'd throw one your way. Who would you say is the most interesting person you've met and talked with? The most interesting person I've met and talked with has to be Eva Kaur. I was invited to a Marilyn Glick women's series that happens here in Indianapolis where they have in these interesting speakers. And I went with my friend and actually was there early during the cocktail time. And I'd done a little studying up on this Eva Kaur, who was going to be the speaker there that night. Okay, so Eva Kaur was Romanian Jew who was in Auschwitz as a child. And she is a twin. And I didn't know, maybe some history buffs do know this, but there was a doctor at Auschwitz who was particularly interested in the twins because he could experiment on one and he had a control group in the other. Can you imagine? So Dr. Mengele, I know it's a downer, but this is history. This is what happened. So Dr. Mengele was the one. And so she is, they call them now Mengele twins. So she survived Auschwitz. She and her sister survived. And how in the world she ended up in Indiana is a whole other story. But I knew a little bit of this background of her. So when I was there and able to literally go sit by her, hold her hand, drink some tea together and talk, it was the most amazing conversation. So she was 11 when she, so here's what she would say. She says, I was liberated from Auschwitz when I was 11 in whatever it was, January 27, 1945. Mm. But I became free 40 years later when I forgave Dr. Mengele. And then she built this whole sort of program around forgiveness, mm. specifically in areas of the world where there had been deep humanitarian wrongs done. 
And she actually became controversial in the Jewish community because they're like, how could you forgive this thing? And so she was very careful to say, I'm doing it for me personally. I'm not doing this for a people group. I'm not pardoning him. But for me personally, I wasn't free, even though I was liberated, until I embraced forgiveness for this person's the most interesting person <laughs> I've met and talked with, Eva Kaur. And sadly, she passed away. There's a museum down in Terre Haute that she is called the Candles Museum, and it's for the survivors of, of the Holocaust. Anyway, she passed away in 2019. And so I had seen her the one time, and then I took my kids. I was homeschooling at the time. I took my kids down to the museum, and we met her again and saw her down there. So Eva Kaur, we have a little national treasure right here in Indiana, and her legacy lives on. Really touching and very inspirational. Yeah, thank you. Well, the power of forgiveness is awesome. So thanks for asking. And I'm thinking about how we go from that to <laughs> our regularly scheduled programming, as I say all the time. But we last time on our EV update, we're talking about how we help our companies succeed. And we were talking about buying businesses that are already succeeding, about helping leadership and supporting them, and about creating this intentional community. And so today we wanted to pick up that thread and say, okay, on the flip side, how do we help companies that are maybe struggling, are underperforming? So let's dive in there. And just to be clear, <laughs> let's say at the outset, um, none of our companies are in this situation today. We're kind of taking the view of for these a lot of these EV updates of what are the questions that might be on people's minds about EV, our approach to things, things that could ultimately happen in the future. And so, yeah. This one has definitely come up at times with some folks I've in casual conversation around how this could play out. And it's a real thing. Every business goes through periods of challenge. There's ups and there's downs. And we'll talk a lot more about this, but our approach is definitely long-term. It's not to be super short-term oriented. And that influences our approach in so many ways to supporting these companies and helping them succeed for the long-term. That's a big part of what we do and being able to just manage and deal with the challenging times and support them through the challenging times. That's what this topic is about today. Mm -hmm. And I love that you were saying this is hypothetical, but this is what our EVers might be wondering. And I think it is relevant because for the EVers who really understand that they're ultimately their account value, you know, what their account is worth is made up of the collective performance of all of our companies. Okay, so EV, <laughs> what are you going to do if one of those is dragging down the hole? And as you and I were talking, there's really four ways we can look at this. We could look at this, all right, a company's struggling because of some external reason and it's short term. Or they're struggling because of some external reason and it's a long-term problem. Or they're struggling because of some internal problem and it's short term or some internal problem and it's long term. So let's dive into all of that and just explain how we think about it and what we would do. So starting with external short term. So it's something that's happening outside of the company that's causing it to underperform and short term meaning how long? Short term to us, obviously short term is days, months, quarters. We take it to probably even be a year or two when we think about like our companies and how we view how well our companies are doing. Of course, we care about monthly performance and quarterly performance, but 
within the scope of time that we're concerned about, which is many years uh, into the future, short term is a couple years. I think we can look at things with some patience relative to maybe how some other businesses and, and groups think about timeframes. Yeah. So we've had a really great example of an external short-term event that caused a lot of companies to underperform, and that was COVID. Yeah. What would some other examples be of things that one of our companies might experience? Yeah. From external kind of short-term, any kind of recession, everyone, a lot of people remember the 2008, 2009 recession that was such a big deal as a great example it's going to typically be something like that. It could be caused by any number of factors, but it's if it's impacting the performance of our business on a short-term basis. I I guess a good another good example could be maybe a few key customers are struggling and therefore the business a particular business is struggling that maybe all of our businesses are not struggling but maybe that one is because of some key customers. So something like that could be considered. What does EV do in that case? Generally, we'll lean in, support our leaders the way we always do, which is in this relationship, very oriented way. We ask what we can do to help, if anything, but we try to be patient and encouraging. And we encourage our leaders to take actions with their team that they can to help the business be more profitable, maybe. But we would encourage that to not be things that cut into muscle and bone of the business. We don't want to put the long-term at risk by trying to optimize too much for short-term performance. So if the business has to go a little while and not be at its peak financial performance for a short-term period of time, like we're, we can be okay with that because we understand that's, that can be part of the, what, what needs to happen to get through a tough time. But really, it's just, yeah, leaning in from a relationship perspective and making sure we understand and are as supportive as we can be through that tough time. You mentioned something once that I thought was brilliant, that often in a fear response, leaders might not notice or see the opportunity that one of these short-term external driven events can pose. So yeah, tell us how you think about that. I think, yeah, it's so, it's so true. And it's something all of our companies have good examples of this uh, already in their past uh, or maybe even currently in some cases. And that's when things slow down, when you're going through a tough time and maybe there's not as much work to do because the, you're not stretched just to keep up with demand that can be a terrific time to to find ways to improve the business. It could be to the perfect time to fix some broken processes or work with people on development plans to that people that are aspirational and want to grow and develop into new roles or things like or make investments potentially if there's something really important the business has been waiting to do for the right time. It actually could be the perfect time to invest more into the business with be it a piece of machinery or automation or software, something that, that could really make the business stronger for the future. Sometimes that, that short-term downturn or slower time is the perfect time to do that. It can be a little scary because now you're investing time and money during a time that the performance isn't super strong or as strong as it was. But it really can pay so much, so many dividends on the other side when things bounce back. Yeah, that's fantastic. External event that's long term. So here we're mm -hmm. talking like it's a global something. 
a global something or the other thing could be maybe in a big industry shift that makes some business models obsolete. They're, the classic example is the buggy whip, right? You don't want to be in the buggy whip business when the when <laughs> Mr. Ford got his thing going. But yeah, that's theoretically possible for our businesses. You know, we don't see that on the horizon at all for any of our businesses today, but mm -hmm. it could be that at some point in the future, one of our businesses happens to be selling buggy whips and their industry changes in a way that we need to actually think about and the leadership needs to think about how to navigate that. And so how, what would we do? How would we help them? Yeah. And to your point with the first example too, if it's kind of a broader kind of global thing or, or national thing that's impacting all of our businesses, we really lean into our overall all model to get us through a really hard, long period of time. And that's this employee ownership, relatively conservative kind of financing. We don't use a lot of debt. We do use debt, but we use it conservatively relative to how some other companies use debt. So we're careful and we believe we would be able to ride that out as long as our products and everything, our services are still needed. And mm -hmm. like we talked about in the last episode, we generally buy businesses that have durable products and services. Mm -hmm. But, and then to this other case in point and example, if we happen to have a business that the product or service is not durable anymore, we would probably lean into working with management and the team to figure out if there's a pivot, what could this business do with this expertise that has been built up and developed over time and pivot this business and find another way to add value to customers. And maybe that's embracing some new technology or mm -hmm. something completely different in that part of the market that they happen to be capable of doing. We would definitely want to find that for that business. Mm -hmm. Having said that too, there is the worst case scenario and probably important that our people know that we never want to sell any of our businesses, but this could be one in the very, in the future at some point, if we have a business that's just not the product line has changed or the market has changed and we see it coming down the road and we need to preserve value for our ESOP and for all of our employee owners, that could be one of the very few scenarios where we actually would have to consider selling a company. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't take that lightly. It would be, it's definitely not what we want for any of our businesses, but it is one of the few scenarios that could take place in theory in the future mm -hmm. at some point. And I think it's comforting that we do think about these things and we know what we would lean on to have that be an absolute last resort. I think of one of the only other things that you haven't said, which is the power of employee ownership itself to help companies weather these kinds of things. Some of the, I don't know if there's statistics, but compared to peers, how do employee owned companies get through these kinds of hard times? Yeah, I would say in our experience, and also there are some really good studies that have been done during recession periods that employee-owned companies generally do much better than their peers, especially when it comes to metrics that, that really matter to people. Layoffs are way lower on average. There's The businesses generally don't go bankrupt nearly as often. Employee-owned companies almost never go bankrupt relative to their peers. So there's this, I think, collective employee ownership rallying together during a difficult time that can sometimes be a really powerful experience for an employee owned company because it really shows the power of it. During the good times, everyone can do well, but it's during the hard times that you really 
find what you're made of, I think. And as an employee owned company that it can really shine through during hard times, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Let's switch gears to businesses underperforming and it's something going on inside the company itself. So we've got two scenarios there. We've got it, you know, it's a short-term thing or it's more of a long-term thing. All right. It's a short-term thing. What could that be? That could be like a catastrophic cyber breach, (laughs) like the worst nightmare of every small business owner that they really got hung out to dry. Or we hope and pray this never happens, but let's say a key person or a leader gets diagnosed with some terminal illness or something happens that just really rocks the company from the inside. What's EV going to do? Probably we've talked about a lot of these things already, but just to touch on it again, the relation, we would lean in on the relationship piece. We would really got, go in and talk with our leaders and even maybe our, some of the employee owners and team members and just support them through a really difficult time. Uh, generally, that this is where the short-term, long-term orientation matters so much is we are not going to want to make any big decisions on based on short-term challenges. Mm-hmm that have a long-term impact. Even if it's a, if it's a mistake, the company makes a mistake and has a a short-term financial hiccup. Of course, nobody wants that, but if it happens and if we all agree like this, that's not a a reflection on the long-term, that's a a mistake that can be righted in the short-term. And it was made because we're trying new things. We're trying to invest or grow or innovate. That's okay. That's what the short term is for, is to try to grow and and do different things and sometimes navigate unexpected challenges. And we're just going to lean into the fact that this is the long term of this business is healthy and we believe in it. Mm -hmm. And I think the takeaway there for our leaders is, and hopefully they already know this, but we've got your back. You're not alone. Yep. And we're going to, we're going to help. Okay. So last but not least, the company's underperforming. It's something going on inside the business, and it's been going on for a long time. This is something systemic. This is a long-term trend that we're seeing, and we've leaned into the relationship. We're trying to help, but it just doesn't get better. Yeah, and that could be, again, back to it could be an industry change, but maybe the company isn't navigating it well. Like the internal, they're not figuring it out, and we think they should be able to. Or maybe other reasons internally that have to do with, like you said, systemic or when it gets to this point, we're probably thinking and asking ourselves if we've got the right approach in this business anymore. And we'd be navigating it with the leadership and saying, maybe even is the leader the right leader anymore? And obviously, that's this is us being really transparent that we care about things so much and our employees and our company so much that a leadership change is theoretically possible in one of our companies in the future at some point. If we have a leader that's just like any employee, we're all accountable. I am to our board. We're all accountable to perform as part of an employee-owned company. And our leaders are all part of that too. In theory, we could have to consider for a company in the future at some point, a leadership change if there's a long-term kind of internal performance challenge. But we can't emphasize it enough. We don't take this lightly. That's not something we ever want to do. I I mentioned it, but just to to reiterate, I have the same level of accountability to our board of directors at Empowered Ventures. If ever our board of directors thinks Empowered Ventures is not succeeding adequately for in a long-term sense, 
I would be the one to be held accountable for that. And that's how it should be. There's a matter of expectation there that we're all under because this matters so much that we're creating this value for all of our employee owners. And we have to maintain that level of accountability ultimately. For sure. And to be clear, we don't anticipate that this is something we would ever have to do. We're certainly not looking at any of our current leaders thinking that not even anywhere near, like we love our leaders and they're doing an amazing job. In fact, they're all just high exceptional performing, amazing human beings that we love to know and work with. But for our EVers to know that this, we would be naive if we didn't wrestle with these questions and these thoughts and already know sort of in a scenario planning kind of a way what our thoughts are and what our approach would be. And as you said one time, it's because we care so much about the success of this enterprise and about every person's experience within it that we go to the lengths to answer these kinds of questions. Yeah. Absolutely. So well put. Thanks for diving into that with me again here today. Really enjoy just opening up for our EVers what we think about various things. And want to reiterate that everybody who's listening to this, if you have more questions like this, we want to let you in. Like we are not withholding anything. We do like to be transparent and somewhat vulnerable and share what it is that you're a part of and what we think and how we approach things. So send your questions to us. Hello at empowered.ventures. And we will address those on a future episode. But thanks, Chris. This has been really insightful. Thank you, Emily. It's been awesome. I hope you found that conversation with Emily helpful and insightful. Thank you, Emily, for joining and share your genius for producing this episode. Please send us your questions, feedback, and ideas to make this show more impactful. To reach us, email hello at empowered.ventures. Thanks for tuning in.